0: Welcome to the CGOV Sports Show podcast. In this episode, we chat with Derek Taylor, voice of the Bombers, on a slew of new rule changes, not giant rule changes, but tweaks nonetheless, for the CFL. Also, Michael O'Shea Jr. coming to camp. Hmm. We'll talk about that. Also, Graham Sward, defenseman for the Winnipeg Ice, talks to us with the upcoming WHL Finals. It's all coming up on the podcast. We welcome in now the voice of the Blue Bombers, Derek Taylor, a man who... Love sports in general. Uh, first of all, Derek, do you think the lottery was rigged for
1: Connor Bedard? Your thoughts. Uh, why would you rig it for Chicago? Wouldn't wouldn't the NHL rig right. it for like Arizona? Like that Gary Bettman has I'd... this. Go ahead. No, I, no, I'm with you. Like the
0: Gary Bettman, I'm going to probably finish your thought. He has this. He the original six teams are fine. They're going to be good. He's just trying to keep the southern teams going. He wants his. Manifest destiny yeah. to work is my thought. So yeah, I don't he, think they'd bring he would it
1: up for He's got a fetish for Chicago, for Arizona. Like he would absolutely send him to Arizona. He would have sent Austin Matthews to Arizona. And Arizona, kid, in Arizona, amazing. It's yeah, it's it's never it's never rigged. the The question and someone proposed it to me on my timeline is if if this team got the right to draft Connor Bedard, should he opt out and tell him he won't go there? And that's something I think a guy like Bedard and players of that ilk need to do more often. Go, you know what? I'm worth a lot of money. I'm worth more money than you will ever pay me in salary. So I'm going to pick where I want to go. I, I think that's a move that I can't remember the last time that was used. Like Probably Lindros, right? Eli Manning? Sorry? Well, in NHL, Eric Lindros, right? Yeah, Lindros in the NHL, Steve Francis in the NBA didn't want to go to Vancouver. Eli Manning said I'm not going to San Diego, so trade the trade the first overall pick to the Giants or whoever. But uh, it, it's not maybe we don't hear about it, but it, it needs to be used more because honestly, like Christian to to a team, what do you think Connor McDavid is worth to the Edmonton Oilers owner ownership? Like half a billion oh. dollars? 750 <laughs> million dollars? Insane amount of money when it comes to, money, to sell the yeah. team. Yeah, like, Im- incredible amount of money. The kid who's going to go first in the NBA draft, like, if he goes to the right team, what's, a billion dollars that do- when when Banyama's going to be worth? Like, these guys oh, in capital my. gains are worth so much, and, you know, him making $12 million a year when he's able to negotiate, if he's that, if he's, you know, amazing – He's never going to get paid what he's totally worth. So eh, you know what? Maybe I should. Maybe a little control wouldn't be the worst thing for some of these these kids. It's a great honor to play in the NHL, but it's a great it's a greater honor to me to have Connor Bedard on my team.
0: All right, let's move to the CFL rule changes. Let's start with that today. Uh, any of them jump out to you as being very impactful?
1: Well, the one I'm most curious about is the fact that now a kickoff that goes into the end zone no longer has to be touched in, or to, to be a single point. Um it, it always had to be a defensive player or a receiving team player would have to touch it if it went off went past the end line or went out in the in the end zone sideline, it was just okay, ball at the twenty five. Now now that's a single point. And there are kickers in this league and as these global drafts become more there are kickers who are gonna be able to make that kick with even a little bit of a, a breeze at their back. Boris Beattie in Toronto, uh, the kid in Corey Vedvik in Saskatchewan. That guy's a monster. Like Richie Leone in Ottawa, give him a ten kilometer an hour wind at his back, and uh, oh hey, we scored and we're up seven nothing. Richie booted through the end zone, so we could be up eight nothing. It's that's that's a real interesting one. Why they decided to make that change? It brings it in line with every other kind of kick, which makes sense. But uh, it's it's going to be. It's going to be a weapon for some of these teams with bigger, bigger legged kickers, for sure.
0: We discussed last week on the draft show uh, the changing of numbers, where you can't have both zero and double zero because it's messing up all the databases. And that's why Les Molu had to change his number from double zero. Uh, the uh, The idea that you have you can now get called for a safety for holding in your own end zone. That's something that's been in the NFL forever, and I I'll be perfectly honest, Derek. I didn't know that was not a thing in Canada because we don't usually see a lot of plays taking place in your own end zone in Canada.
1: Yeah, when you're watching football, right, and you hear holding in the end zone, you naturally bring your hands together over your head if you're rooting for the team because it's two points. I I'm I'm 100% with you. I'm I'm kind of sort of embarrassed to say I didn't know that that was not a safety because it just makes too much sense that 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 would be the case, right? It's you can't you could just hold endlessly on plays from your own 1 yard line. And unless they decline it, like you just keep going forever. So I I really, I like that one. That one's, there should be a a significant reward for, you know, uh, drawing a holding penalty in the end zone. So I'm a big fan of that one.
0: Uh, The other ones uh, like enhancing penalties for uh, contact with an official. What does that do? do? Are officials under duress to a point that they really needed to address
1: that? I don't think so. I think maybe they they noticed. You know, maybe they uh, this is a hole in the, in the rule book. I mean, the CFL. The last time that I can remember, I, I remember was it Jonathan Rose contacted an official. I shoved an official in the playoffs and you know they let him play in the Grey Cup and then suspended him for the the ensuing pre or regular season games and then just rolled back his suspension because who cares it's too much longer you know that's that's the thing they need to to work on is hey if you touch an official we need to we need to get tough on you on the suspension side of it a, a 10-yard penalty I I wonder what and I, and I read through their thing I don't know if coaches are getting too far off the sidelines but then they're talking about intentionally touching an official i I don't know that i noticed you know in 20 what 22 bomber games last season i don't know that i noticed too much of players getting close to officials but maybe we'll keep our eyes peeled a little more because yeah they they brought in the rule for for reasons that i i'm not 100 percent sure of but they're they're probably not doing it willy-nilly
0: a couple more and uh, this is i i think we're getting into the weeds a little bit on this one but the defensive formation on Field goals and converts can only have six players uh, on either side of the long snapper within two yards of the line of scrimmage. This is just to protect the long snapper.
1: Um, that's a great question Um, because you would get. uh, They're trying to take away the
0: overloads, right?
1: Oh, on on kick plays. Okay, yeah. So, I mean, kick plays are. I presume they're talking about place kicks as opposed to yes, it's field goals and converts only. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so the changes in the spirit of player safety to avoid grossly overloading the defensive line on one side of the long snapper. Another thing where I didn't really notice that being a problem, but maybe on uh, Wednesday, Coach O'Shea will tell us uh, what how big a deal that was. Um, there weren't a ton of uh, there weren't a ton of kicks getting blocked, so it's not it's not that. I don't remember a lot of injuries relating from it. There's already rules protecting the snapper in those cases right where you know hey you can't you can't hit him you can't jump over top of him that kind of thing so yeah th- that's another one that i would need to get more in the weeds with uh with a coach who does special teams as to why that's a big deal but hey uh, anything that's player safety related i'm 100 percent in because those guys on special teams they do not fool around with throwing their body at stuff so whatever keeps them safer i'm in on
0: and then they're just changing the the starts of drives to a, align with other things at the 30-yard line. So that just that just makes sense. And the zero thing is about uh, the databases. So overall, th- last year they'd made some pretty big changes, Derek. This year it's very just fine-tuney, right? That's the feel here?
1: Yeah, I, I think so. The the one being the kickoffs for the single point, I'm curious to see if that does become a strategy thing for uh, for teams and for coaches. They did move – the, the kickoff back five yards last year, right? So it would be that much tougher. But uh, what was it, the 21 Gray Cup, if Tim White doesn't, you know, if he didn't have to touch that one, he could have just let that go through the end zone and give up the point instead of kneeling down and uh, and making a fool of himself. Could have made it easier on himself that way. Who knows? Who knows what, uh, what they're thinking of. But, yeah, that's that's the big one. And then the, I'm the first safety for holding. I wonder how many. And now I'm going to dig into my database and try to find how many holds would have happened in that area.
0: All right. So we're at the point now where every day we're getting emails from the Blue Bombers saying the Blue Bombers have added players to the roster, players to the roster. And most of the time, these are players that will come and and probably just go uh, as training camp goes along. The odd time these players will end up making an impact, but oftentimes they do not. Today, five players added to the roster, four Americans, and then uh, a national receiver, uh, Michael O'Shea Jr. (laughs) Where, Where have I heard that name before, Derek?
1: Yeah, he is the son of Mike O'Shea, the Bombers' head coach. So it's something we kind of wondered about. People had texted into the coaches' show later in the season. Oh, ask Coach O'Shea about the season his son is having with the Okanagan Sun in the junior league, and would he be a fit for the Bombers in the future? And and Mike O'Shea didn't really want to talk about it i feel like i took from it that he kind of wanted michael to be his own man right and michael's going to earn you know everything without you know his very hall of fame and super successful head coach father it's it's neat to see him get a chance because when you look at michael o'Shea's resume as a as a junior football player it's nothing to sneeze at like he didn't get he didn't get drafted but a two-time junior all canadian one as a returner one as a receiver. That's nothing to sneeze at in a, in a league that needs Canadian receivers. And I mean, when you look at what the Bombers do, they they liked having, say, Tyrell Ford as one of their gunners on special teams. So if 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 Michael O'Shea Jr. Uh, can be a gunner, could be you know a returner in a pinch, if he could do some things. In the receiving game, if he can show that in the first three days of rookie camp, there's no reason he's not around for main camp because he's 23 and he's got, clearly got some talent and he's clearly got uh, you know the pedigree of a Hall of Fame football father. So yeah, that's a that's a neat one to see. And I, I think it's kind of I think it's nice the way it, wor- it all worked out for the Bombers.
0: Moshe is definitely going to answer that question pretty early in his first press
1: conference, right? Yeah, absolutely. And he's going to be like, yeah, he's here like any other player. <laughs> and that'll yeah, it's be about be very it. short, yeah when I was talking with uh, Jim Toth earlier, he suggested that that uh, mike o'Shea coach mike O'Shea. Probably had nothing to do with the decision to bring in player Michael O'Shea Jr. And I feel like, I feel like there'd be the hands off that, that Mike O'Shea, the coach would, would want from this, right? Like, hey, if you guys think he's good enough, I, you know, I, I would be very biased toward my son. I would abs, like, no, my son should be the starting quarterback of this team. Pay him 500 grand. Be knocking on Kyle Walters door trying to get him a big fat paycheck. But, uh, uh, Mike O'Shea, I'm certain is nothing like that.
0: No, you'd be the you're the head coach at Nepotism High. I don't think that's how they do it uh, in Blue Bomberland. <laughs> exactly. and, and and I I I wonder if they if Kyle Walter said to at least gave Mike a heads up. Hey, we're gonna bring your son. In. Is that cool? He's like, yeah, probably. That's that's Do You fine. think he's good enough? You
1: know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, I mean like,
0: like as you mentioned, right? They bring it. The reality of training camp is you bring in a lot of guys that are very good where they play. And then the question is, can they make it at this level? And a lot of times the answer is no. And there yeah. could be practice roster guys that go back to whatever other league in the States they're trying to make it in now. There's a lot of alternative options. I think the XFL championship was last weekend, I think. I don't remember, but I think I saw an ad for it. The The reality is, you know, it's a good story and it might be over in a, in a week or two. Or if he's that good, well, then. Make a name for yourself that, you know, is, is right. even if it was, you know, Michael Johnson, Jr. Well, there's a famous Michael Johnson, I, you know, whatever it yeah. is.
1: Yeah. And, and I think I think these these moments we get we get lost. Right. I I, I especially get lost in. Well, where's the guy going to fit and where's the formation? And how's it going to work and how are they going to do against Edmonton in the first game? But there there are there are moments where when it just doesn't matter, you you could do something that's nice for the people involved. Right. It's, it's, it's nice when senior night in college is nice because the end of the bench senior who sucks at basketball gets to start. And you go, okay, well, he doesn't really deserve it, but he's a senior. So, and it doesn't matter. So let's celebrate him. Right. Uh, Mike, this gives Mike O'Shea and Michael O'Shea, his son, uh, this could potentially be a really nice moment. Like, yeah, I, I played for my dad for a little bit in the pros. And that was, it was nice. If, if it doesn't matter, well, let's err on the side of giving people good memories. I, I like if that was any part of this, I love it.
0: And, and one other thing to point out too. He is just 23. He just turned 23 yep. in, two, in two, uh, March. Do you look at some of the other people they brought in today? 1992, 1996, 1997, 1997. All Americans as well and O'Shea's obviously Canadian. You know, never you never know, maybe this isn't the year but this is just part of the story for him.
1: Yeah, no doubt. You you get a chance to show it off and Hey, uh, hey! how did he do in camp? How did he look? We're, we, need a, we need a Canadian to fill out our death chart. We, how, what do we do? It's, it's like all the other guys, right? 95 guys or however many will be rookies for this year. Just try to show something. Just try to make your mark. And, yeah, it's, it's, it's going to be a good story for, for a day, and then we'll see what Michael O'Shea Jr. Uh, is, is made of on the field because, yeah, warm fuzzies are, won't help him make the you know, team that's been at the Grey Cup three straight years. So
0: finally, Derek, before I let you go then, looking ahead to uh, Rookie Camp on Wednesday, the opening of it, you'll be starting uh, our training camp reports. You'll be on the show every night, but is that now jumping to the top of your storyline list for day one of Rookie Camp?
1: Uh, oh yeah, that's that's the one you got to address right off the bat, right? That's That one's kind of neat, so that'll be in there. Uh, Why would they bring in an American long snapper as I look at the guys they signed today? That would be... Super unusual having an American long snapping. Maybe we dive into that, but th- that's what uh, that's what rookie camps and training camps are for, right? There's there's only so much you can take away from two practices of watching teams go at each other and do drills with with bags. You look for the the more interesting stories and the neater stories. So yeah, that, Mike Mike O'Shea and Michael O'Shea Jr. will cert- certainly be day number one. And we'll get a chance to hear from both on that. All right, Derek, appreciate your time. Thanks for this, and uh, rest up. And we'll talk to you on a Wednesday.
0: Sounds good, brother. Tonight, we've got defenseman Graham Sword, who will turn 20 years old in the fall. But this is kind of his first real playoff action it's following years in Spokane. And I caught up with the fifth-round pick of the Predators earlier today. I started by asking him where the excitement level is for him getting ahead to the finals.
2: Yeah, obviously, it's, uh, it's a pretty big deal. I mean, I think that's what everyone comes into the season wishing they they end up they're going to end up doing so yeah i think uh i'm really excited i think the team's really excited um, coaching staff i think everyone's just pumped to get going
0: when you came over from spokane earlier this season was this the ultimate hope yeah yeah definitely i think
2: uh you know i knew i was coming to a team that had a chance to win and um you know every we've just taken every step closer and closer to winning so um you know we're kind of at the this is kind of the final final hurdle is is this series so um I think when I got traded over here that was definitely definitely something that I was looking forward to was uh was the playoffs and and uh hopefully winning a championship
0: because for you you didn't really get that in Spokane did you with just uh from what I can see three playoff games in your time there
2: um my team actually uh my first year at 16 we had a really good squad um you know um we had a couple of nhl draft picks ty smith Adam beckman um yeah we, we had a really good really good solid team and a little bit of an older team so i think uh we probably could have made a push that year but um as you know the covid came in and, in 2019 there and shut everything down and then uh 2020 there was no playoffs so um and the way junior hockey kind of seems to go uh teams kind of go up and down as guys come and go and um you know you kind of push for push for picks and push for players and, and trade away picks and that kind of thing. Um, you know, teams kind of go up and down, but um, yeah, last year we only, uh, we didn't make it out of the first round. So um, it's, it's been a good, good experience so far, uh, making a, making a long run and, and playing hockey for this long.
0: So for you then coming over mid season, was there ever any issue gelling with this lineup or because of all the talent on it? Was it right away? Like, Oh, I feel like I belong here.
2: Yeah, I think coming over, um, it was definitely exciting to be able to play with, with elite players. And, um, you know, you always want to play with the best guys and, um, every day in practice, you get to play against them. Makes yourself better if you're going against the, those top guys. And I think we have a really good group of guys in the locker room and, um, the type of team we are. We're very, very close and, and, and tight knit. So I think it was, it was easy for me to kind of come in here. They, they welcome me with open arms and, Um, you know, welcome me into the team and made me feel like I was a part of the team for for longer than I had been when I first showed up, especially, um, you know, guys just including you with different things that they were doing and um, definitely made it easier my my transition over from from Spokane.
0: So looking at this upcoming series now, is there ever a, a layoff that can be too long between series?
1: Um.
2: I um I'm not a hundred percent sure on that. I think every guy's a little different. Every team's a little different. Uh, I think with us, you know, it was, it was good to get the, get a sweep in, in the, in the final there. Um, you know, obviously that's what every team wishes they could do was come in and win four straight. And, and that's what we did. I, I think we kind of set that goal for ourselves and we accomplished it. So it was good to, good to get that win and, and kind of solidify ourselves into the final. And, um, you know, obviously in the playoffs, you're playing a lot of games and, In a short amount of time and the playoffs are a little bit rougher, Um, you know, guys play more minutes than usual. So I think uh, I think the rest is is good and, you know, we'll we'll have some time to get some good practices in here and and we'll be ready to go on Friday night.
0: And knowing that it's going to be a long travel series, especially if it's Seattle that does indeed win tonight. To get to to play you guys i mean i don't think i haven't looked it up but mathematically that might be the longest possible distance between two cities in canada and junior hockey
2: yeah i think uh i think so i think uh you know playing out in the west here um you know the western hockey league's notorious for having those having a very being very spread out and um you know i think if you look at it on a map i think you're probably right actually i think that is probably for the series as possible, maybe, maybe Victoria, but, um, yeah, it's definitely up there.
0: So the travel for, for those series that I, I guess having the, a long layoff, even if it is nine days, which is a long time to be rested for a, the fact that it's the finals, but b the travel of it. I, I'm thinking that that could be an advantage for your side.
2: Yeah, I think, uh, you know, you try to get an advantage every, every chance you can. And, um, you know that might that might help us out for sure just having that extra little bit of rest and um, you know as you just said they they got a game tonight so um it, it should be uh, it should be good okay.
0: so we don't yet know who you'll be playing so I can't really ask you for a scouting report but will you be watching tonight's game very closely
2: um i'm not sure i think uh, you know i think the coaches do a great job of preparing us for who we're playing and um, obviously we don't know yet but um, I think we'll be ready for for whatever team wins, and um, I think my I think myself I might watch that game, um, if if I get around to it. Obviously, it's a it's a 7 p.m. Pacific start, so it's a little bit later here. Might catch the first period and then probably head to bed.
0: You're from the West Coast. You lived in with in Spokane and in Washington for years. What do you think of life in Winnipeg? Yeah, I think
2: it's been good. I think uh, you know, it's definitely an adjustment for, for me coming from coming from Vancouver, just outside of Vancouver, it's uh a little different. Um we get a lot of rain in Vancouver and uh I've never been in minus forty before. So I think it was definitely an adjustment for sure. Um getting a legitimate winter and uh and all the snow and uh the cold temperatures and stuff, but um yeah, I think it was I think it was kind of fun coming out here, seeing a different place. Um, different people, the way things work, that that whole thing. I think it was kind of cool to to come out here and and live in a place I'd never been before. It was uh, it's kind of exciting for me to kind of see how uh, how people out here do it.
0: Did it make you feel feel more Canadian?
2: Yeah, definitely. I think uh, I think when you when you wake up in the morning, walk outside, and your your beard freezes, it definitely makes you feel a little more Canadian than when you're looking outside at raindrops falling.
0: But if you had to choose and you're not offending anybody, if you don't choose Winnipeg, would you choose a rainy winter or a really cold winter? Well, you can't travel rain. So, I mean,
2: pick that as you will, but um, I don't know, they each have their, uh, they each have their positives. And, um, you know, I thought, I thought I had a great time this winter kind of coming out here, being in the snow. I went down to the forks and um, walked on the river and, uh, I thought that was pretty cool, skating outside and I've never really done that before. Um where I'm from you can't do that. So um yeah, I think it was uh I think it was pretty cool to kinda of come out here and just see see what it's like and um I'm not sure what I'd choose to be honest. I think I think they're each good in their own way.
0: Very diplomatic answer. Good job. Uh before I let you go, looking ahead to the future after the season is done, have you really thought about what's next for you yet?
2: No, not really. Um I think I might, and maybe this summer, you kind of look at, look, take a little dive into it, look a little deeper into what's going on. But, uh, as of right now, I, I'm focused on, on the season and, and what's going on here and what we're trying to accomplish and, and just being fully bought into that. And, um, once that's all said and done, wherever we end up, I think then you kind of start thinking about the, the next season right away and summer training and, and all that stuff. So I think, uh, as of
0: right now, I've really, look much into it. Fair enough. All right, Graham, appreciate your time tonight. Thanks for this and best of luck in the finals.
2: Thank you. I appreciate it.
0: Well, thank you very much for listening to the CJOB Sports Show podcast. If you like what you heard, guess what? You can hear more every weeknight on CJOB from 630 to 9 p.m. Of course, that is when the Jets are not playing because if the Jets are playing, then I don't have a show, but I'll be part of the pre and post game coverage. Anyway, thanks again for tuning in. Subscribe if you'd like available on iTunes and other places that imagine, so farewell until we meet again. So thanks for all the fish. so sad that we should come to this, we try to warn you over
2: the day You may not share our intellect, which might explain